Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 448 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, we have Whitney. Whitney is the mom of two children, one of whom has type 1 diabetes. But the diabetes are the least of their troubles at the moment. Her child has some other issues that she's been trying to get help for, and it has not been easy to find someone to lend that help. This episode is going to be in-depth and honest and uh, lighthearted at times, but overall, it's a look into the mental health system and how it can be very challenging, especially if you have type 1. Please remember as you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Today's show is also sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You can get started today with Dexcom by going to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And please don't forget to check out Touched by Type 1. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and at touchedbytype1.org. Leave the video on and see how it goes. Okay. Because you might have a super strong signal. I I mean, that would be news to me, given this whole plague. <laughs> I don't think the plague affects Wi-Fi, does it? <laughs> well, it's the sheer quantity of people on the Wi-Fi. I yeah. Know, I, know, I mean, everybody. especially during the day. There was... um. There was this interesting moment. I don't know where you live in the country, but uh, Howard Stern, the Howard Stern show had to be off air by 1030 a.m. when his neighbors woke up and went to work because it was it was ruining the show. <laughs> it was very fun. Uh, no, we're outside D.C. So um, it's it's decent, but we live in an area with a lot of townhomes. So right. everybody has their Wi-Fi signal up. And it's it's interesting. We're in this time where we have the Facebook page for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, it's at about a seven. It's, a, it's OK. It's at a four today, everybody. <laughs> so I wake up and get the daily update on how bad the Internet is because, I mean, That's we have funny. me working, my husband working and yeah. my other son uh, in school. Yeah. So we're all a giant Internet suck in this house. So because of the podcast, I have uh, a fiber optic line. Ooh, dedicated cable. So I can like, um, I can send a ton of information up and down really quickly. At one point, my son, his friend, my daughter, two of her friends, my wife and I were all using the internet (laughs) in the house. And I was like, it worked. So So I did a really good job of talking to my family about being quiet. Did you forget to tell the dog? uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I had a conversation with my son. I had a conversation with my husband who is very uh, loud when he's on the phone. Um, but the only person I can't control in my house is the dog. Ah. And he is very sensitive to people walking in front of the house. So gotcha. well, we'll welcome to happens. COVID. I got gotcha. you. No problem. Um, introduce yourself. 
<laughs> Didn't we just go over that that's really awkward? Yeah, but you got to do it. Okay, so my name is Whitney. Um, I work for the U.S. government. Uh, so does my husband. We're both diplomats. So usually we serve overseas. We have two sons. Um, our youngest is seven going on 22. And our oldest is 12. And he's been part of our family for about a year and a half now. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you stole them from the mall, I imagine? I did. It was yeah. really a big uh, ordeal. There was news about it. No, um, he it was a family-based adoption. Okay. Um, we had a good relationship pr- with him prior to it, but we lived overseas pretty frequently, so we didn't see each other as often as we would have liked. Got it. But we did have a relationship prior to the adoption. I know we're not sharing a ton of details about all that, which is absolutely fine. I just didn't want it for the next half an hour people to wonder how you just I came just, upon you know, a 12 year old kid. <laughs> I really wanted to learn how to manage diabetes. Right. So I found a diabetic kid and I adopted him. Is so, that not normal? So he had uh, type one the entire time you knew him? Uh, yeah. He was diagnosed with type one when he was three. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really bad incident. Um, we are not aware of how the management was prior to the adoption. We are aware that he ran pretty high. He, he, they didn't manage it as well as I think someone who listens to your podcast would. Um, But he didn't have any other large scale incidents except for once where he was given a snow cone with uncovered insulin. But other than that, he he was alive and well, um, but we have explored and done some research based on the effects of those long-term highs during development that could have affected some of our ongoing concerns. Gotcha. So Whitney, I have to say that, I have 401 episodes up of as this moment. I think I have 67 of them recorded, which puts me close to 500. And I I put people on this show that I'm interested in talking to. Right? <laughs> no one has ever until you just let me just say bullied their way onto the show before. Hey, I mean, when you have an issue that has like taken over your world and you see discrimination at its real roots in terms of disability, it, it, it hits you at, in a place that is really hard to handle. I can't imagine, but I, I I'll have to tell you, like I see it privately, privately, people will be like, please look at my graph, please. Like I'll get like, sometimes I'll get I it that way. I didn't send you diabetes data. Right? I just but, sent you a problem. But, but so I'm, I'm very slow to put the show together. There's, there's sometimes yeah. when I'm not like I, 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 I admitted in the, um, the after dark heroin episode, uh, Neva sent an email and I responded back to her in eight seconds. I was like, yes, yes. here's the link. Book the show. Let's go. Because I thought, wow, this is clear right um and i'm not gonna lie people's writing tells me a lot about how they'll be on the show and you your 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 emails were great but you literally this you could not have chosen a worse month to try to get on the show right like there's a but i gave you a good reason i had solid reasoning for why i wanted to do it before next week hey you're here so it's fine right but i have like a list of things in front of me that I'm supposed to be doing right now, and none of them are talk to you. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Um, as I said, beginning, we're diplomats. We serve overseas. Things change after elections, right. so it gets really hard in our world. But I will actually highlight the real reason that. And if I do, I don't know if you recall, but when I started, and we'll get into the specifics, when I started facing a lot of the problems, I actually reached out to you in the first place because I needed help finding um, a place and I needed 
somebody who had been through it and I had hit every Facebook group I was in and I couldn't find anybody. So actually you reached out on my behalf um, to your community to see if anybody knew anything. Um, so that was, I think like six months ago. Yeah. So I, I, de- I definitely tapped into your resources as much as I could, as soon as I could. So you're the thing we're going to talk about here is not incredibly common, but people listening would be surprised about how frequently I hear from a person like you in a situation like yours. So it is not uncommon in my world. So go ahead and tell me why you're on the show. Tell everybody. Uh, because I bullied my way on. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, My son is a type one diabetic who was raised in a different type of environment than is necessarily the most healthy and has experienced a a great deal of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And his coping methods for that trauma were never well developed um, and maybe even very poorly developed. So when we adopted him a year and a half ago, I was so ready for the diabetes. I did all the readings. I got all the books. I, I... I listened to your podcast before I had a diabetic kid in my house. So I was ready. um, But what I wasn't ready for was the mental health issues. And that was really rough on the family. What's the scope of the concerns? So we originally, when we originally adopted him, there was a diagnosis of uh, autism and ADHD. Um, at this point in time, because of the way things are fluid with his, uh, treatment, he's at bipolar, um, something called rad, which is very normal in adopted families, um, which is reactive attachment disorder. And he still has the ADHD. Um, but right now, as we are trying to get him treatment, the formal, the formality of what is wrong with him is less important than getting him the help he needs. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Did you hear Jonathan's episode? I don't know. Remind me. Well, Jonathan's 20. He he's bipolar, has ADHD. Oh yes, I did. Right. I did. Okay. Yes. Um, did that, did what he was saying ring like close to your experiences, I guess, minus the drug stuff. I, I think yes and no. Like it's interesting to hear, hear it firsthand, but I think my son's problems are more stemmed to um, coping than it is to living day to day. He hasn't gotten to living to day to day. What we found was at, uh, my son uh, is um, really has a hard time with being told no. And what we were able to deduce in previous homes is that being told no was a way to get attention. And he would have what were normal at age five to six tantrums, but now at age 12 and my height and getting to be a young adult with, you know, a little bit more strength, four hour tantrums are a little difficult. Um, And we, he just didn't have, doesn't have the coping skills to, to, recognize he's upset and do the things you need to do where he at this point in time will scream for four hours using curse words, using language like you're killing me. Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of conversations with my neighbors. Um, (laughs) I'm not killing him. I promise. Um, And uh, it's less the bipolar because as I mentioned, the um, diagnoses have just been so in and out. It's more about him and his problems But the main key to his problems is that they are locked in on the parent role. So he doesn't react well to being parented, essentially. So 
the diabetes management ended up being a large part of it because agreeing on food, agreeing on food with 20 minutes ahead of time. Um, we had a huge problem with sneaking food in our house. Um, so all of our refrigerators and, and cabinets got locked up. Um, we got really creative. There's bells on every <laughs> cabinet in my house. We just had to find a way. And it wasn't that we were limiting what he could eat. He would just take any opportunity and he had no impulse control. It's part of the rat. He just can't contain it. Um, but it got really bad in the house where we just couldn't manage it. And I, I'm an economist by trade. My husband's an attorney by trade. Neither one of us are develop, child development therapists. And when we were dealing with four-hour tantrums multiple times a day, and, and during COVID times when you're alone in your home and there's nothing else you can do, yeah. um, it, it got to be really bad. And we were having cops arrive pretty much daily. And that got to be really rough on the family. Well, I would think that, not that your part in this isn't very important, but for the child as well, this is obviously not a productive way to move forward. And there's got to be better options and you need to find those options. 100%. And then the other issue is also the transitions. Like he, he transitioned a lot before he landed in my home because they needed intermittent care. So he's got these deep seated problems with trust with a parent figure staying and remaining and, you know, just loving. And those problems are also very rooted in all of his, uh, his issues. And rad is, I don't know what it stands for, but it's, um, it, it, it speaks to not being able to form like bonds with people. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Healthy, um, long lasting, meaningful bonds. So he has, he also has problems with friends. He, he, he gets along much better with children younger than him, which is also very common. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it was very difficult because his issues really were mainly presented in the home um, with us, which is is normal in this type of arrangement. So he wasn't having problems at school. Um, so the resources that would have been in a little bit more available through the public school system weren't available to us because he wasn't acting out in school. He wasn't getting suspended. He wasn't getting in trouble in the oh, same way. Okay. So he pulls it together when he goes to school. Oh yeah, totally. And that's why we were able to eliminate the autism diagnosis and some of the other diagnoses because he totally pulls it together. What He totally pulls it together when he's not in the house or he's not dealing with us. So sometimes when he's, we are in public, he still loses it, but it's based on an interaction with us. Okay. So it's, is it psychologically, I'm trying, I'm guessing here, but is, is it like any opportunity to push you away before you can push him away? Is that the idea? That is, uh, that is the basis of rad. But with, with my son, I think it's more about you said no to me and I am used, I want this and an inability to think about anything else. So we in public one, we were out and there is a coffee bar near our house that we all frequent very often. And they have really good, uh, paleo snacks. Cause I personally am paleo. Mm-hmm. And so I was saying, why don't we get one of these? And he got in his head that he wanted a muffin. And I was like, let's just get one of these. They're smaller. We don't need a whole meal. You have to wait 20 minutes. And the whole muffin thing would be a lot harder. Right. Um, so he basically laid on the floor and screamed, um, in the coffee shop because he had thought about a muffin and now he couldn't think about anything else. Gotcha. Um, and it's also what you said. It's also, you know, coming at me and, and I'm the new authority figure who 
why am I the authority figure and he's not? There are a lot of questions there, but it's a lot of facing the reality that I can't always have what I want, which, you know, I would love to eat a million muffins, but we can't. It feels like um, the same thing that I think most people see with any child raising them, except magnified a million times in a larger (laughs) body with no end in sight. Because we've all had these. Like I've Oh, yeah, 100%. It's kids. Yeah, Kids, like, I have a seven-year-old. I know. Right. There's times where every parent has turned to like their spouse and like privately and went, okay, this has gone on long enough. We need to shut this down right here. Yes. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, and we, with my seven-year-old, right. we can do that. We can say, okay, you need to go upstairs. You need to go cool down. You need to read a book. You need to even watch TV or plug into a tablet. Right. But my other son just couldn't do any of those things to get out of that mindset. And now we're looking at 12 years old with a fantastic curse word vocabulary <laughs> second only to some of the comedians I've seen on the internet. Like he, wow. Like I know that I'm supposed to be upset, but my husband and I would be like, that's just impressive. Well, how do you string those together like that? I mean, he like made it. So it was, it was super cool. I mean, you're in trouble, but right. awesome. Love the way it um, flowed here. <laughs> I haven't heard that used yeah, that way. Yeah. A lot of um, people go right from dirty debt, but you, not you. you not you. You, you, you just wait you for it. it. Yeah. Well, but to the extreme that we had to have conversations about certain words that were really inappropriate, gotcha. inappropriate for public for this <laughs> skinny little white 12 year old to be screaming. And I'm like, oh my God. No, no, someone's gonna please, beat me up. Please stop. Please stop. Um, please stop. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, please, for the love of God, yeah. I just need this to end. Yeah. But it it wouldn't, and sadly, that was the problem. The right. fact that we couldn't get it to end, and they started happening so much so that literally the whole day from morning to sun up to sundown was uh, a my son's tantrums, and we started to see the effects on our other son, who right. to this you know is now doing his own therapy to recover from what we call PTSD. Mm-hmm. Because when you're living in a home with constant screaming and constant expletives yeah. and to some extent, some violence, um, mainly targeted a mom, <laughs> but um, you know, that kind of has effects on you. Yeah. So well, getting would, to the- I'm sorry. I wanted, I do want to get to the rest of it, but I'm just, yes. I'm thinking I'm just this, I'm picturing your younger son would feel defensive of you and yet oh, yeah. no ability to really handle it because he's smaller and, and he probably up until five seconds before this all began, he didn't have experiences like the ones you're no. like, you didn't curse at him for fun or no. anything like that. Right. Yeah. So he, this is all like his, so his life was just going along like, okay. Yeah. And then you're like, we're going to adopt somebody. And he's like, yeah, right on. We could do that. And then the guy got there and was like, Hey, and then just We've released a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. That's no what, kidding. Yeah. Um, And yes, there was cursing in my house. I have a post-it that says don't curse sitting next to me. Um, But uh, no, not to that extent. Um, uh, Yeah, so it has effects on the whole house. And then when we hit COVID time, um, we just, you know, we all got tired and we all got, we couldn't, we just couldn't. And and we didn't have any help. Um, We weren't able to access any networks in the area that, that could help us. And um, the resources available, which I'll get into now on, uh, started to be limiting, whether it was because of, you know, insurance, which I'm sure you've, everybody, you know, can roll their eyes at insurance, but also we started running into problems where there were laws and regulations and things we didn't know and resources that would have been available to us 
had we had done things certain ways. For instance, there's a lot of resources available to you if you adopt a kid. Well, we made the mistake of adopting in Pennsylvania, which is where he lives, and then living in Virginia. So neither of those states will support us in the adoption because we don't reside or adopted from there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's state to state. Oh, yeah. And so you learn these things as you go that like all those different types. Um, But when it became very clear, my son couldn't remain in the home. And this is why I reached out to you in the first place. Yeah. We had to find something to do. Um, and I was in a lot of mental health groups and talking to a lot of adopted parents. And they said like one of these behavioral type programs would be perfect for him. So I started reaching out both with our insurance and trying to locate one of these types of programs that would be great for him. And we kept getting the same response. We don't take children with diabetes and they even put that in emails and said it very clearly to us, we can't take your son because of diabetes. And in the beginning, that was like, okay, all right, next one. Um, But things got worse at home and it became very necessary. And through resources, I reached out, we found that there was a emergency hospital based place he could go temporarily uh, in Virginia, that it was a hospital. So they didn't give me the diabetes thing. Um, but he had his CGM line and it just, it was interesting to watch someone else manage his diabetes. But at the end of the day, this wasn't a permanent solution because this is supposed to be a triage. These are for children who are in crisis. These are for children who need to get out of their home temporarily. Um, but this isn't meant for long-term residential health. Um, so I continued working with this hospital Um, after he was in care for 30 days, he qualified for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So Medicaid started helping me. Blue Cross Blue Shield started helping me and the hospital started helping me and we didn't find anything. Wow. And there were, I think my husband and I counted 50 institutions that blatantly put in writing or said, we can't take diabetic kids. And the number one reason they cited is we don't have a full-time nurse. Okay. And, you know, I, I always responded with, well, I'm not a full-time nurse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we, he goes to school and it's a public school nurse, but it's a nurse for the whole school. It's not like he needs a dedicated person. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you need full-time care. And I think everybody there know, everybody who listens to your podcast knows we monitor, we watch, but it's not necessarily full-time hands-on care. And go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I'm just thinking. So these are all private institutions or some of them public, they're all private, right? So that's a complicated question. Okay. Um, so mo- they are all run by private companies. But what you can see based on their websites is they all get public grants. So they're supported through grants from the, the government and through funding from the government. Was that your pathway to finding something? No. No? You so, can't just be like, hey, you're getting public money. Stop it. <laughs> so that is our pathway to lawyers. So um, we did... Uh, So I don't know how familiar everybody on your podcast is with the American Disabilities Act, Um, but the American Disabilities Act specifically says you cannot discriminate against a diabetic person. Right. So usually people use this act when it's like 
job purposes, you had your, your, you've had various people with various different types of jobs who had to fight for that job. And the American Disabilities Act is the way to do that. Um, and it's also used very much for people um, in, with wheelchairs and hearing impairments and, and blind impairments. But there is a very clear clause that says endocrine. So it doesn't even say you're endocrine disabled. Um, and despite the fact they use public um, funds and despite the fact that this is clearly articulated in law, they said no. And the rationale behind that was, what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. And that's kind of why I, I wanted to talk to you and raise this issue, because mm-hmm. that's the truth. What are we going to do? So people run into this scenario where where the institution's bigger than they are. They just say no and then hope that you go away, which which you probably would have if there wasn't a 12-year-old. Exactly. Yeah, calling you a dirty something (laughs) at home. Hey, now, but yes, 100%. (laughs) I have to be honest with you. This is such a serious topic, but I'd love for you to tell me some things that he's called you, and I'll just beep it out just because I want to know. But Um, it'll be a waste of our time. (laughs) You can bleep all you want, but everything was a jerk off. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I was like, I don't think you're using that right. Maybe, <laughs> but I'm not down with the lingo, you know? So maybe he's using it right. So, but everything was a jerk off. And um, I, I'll, I'll, when I think of some of the more creative, but, but, but like to the point where dad and mom, y'all are jerk offs who are jerk off. And it was like, what? <laughs> Stop, please. And what, that's clearly not happening. And in public too. So that's fun. Um, we're not, I swear. Uh, I would love to see your husband in public go, I'm not your <laughs> off. <laughs> like, please, everybody. Please, I'm not. Clarify. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no. My hands, see my hands? I'm good. <laughs> so We did have an incident where uh, my son was losing it on the front lawn. Um, and a neighbor came out and said, can you, you know, get this under control? To which my husband said, can you? Because yeah, yeah. I can't. So bring it on. I'm open to that. ideas. Yeah, yeah. I'm open to what ideas. What an idea. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> hey, buddy, look, the jerk from next door is here. <laughs> What's the help? <laughs> um. Okay. So continuing. Sorry. All right. Yeah. So so you get to so you you run into the situation where the every and you said oh, like fifty maybe. Yeah. Just no, like, definitely fifty. We have a list. We're like no. Uh huh. I want to back up for half a second. Where does that put you? What mindset does that put you in? Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. The next time you're out there on that internet, check out touchedbytype1.org. You can also find them on Instagram and Facebook, touchedbytype1.org. And of course, if you're looking for the magic of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, look no farther than dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Why do you want to do that? 
Let me see if I can speak extemporaneously off of the top of my head. Just from, you know, I think extemporaneously at the top of my head mean the same thing, but I'm just going to go. Here's what you get from the Dexcom. I'm going to pick up my phone. I've done that. I'm swiping up. I'm touching the app. I see my daughter's blood sugar is 86. It's been stable for the last three hours. As a matter of fact, she ate about an hour ago. And I'm looking at where the cheeseburger went in and I see the pre-bolus. I can see everything kind of on her graph, you know, like where did she start going down when we bolused? Where did the food come in? Where did the battle begin between the food and the insulin? It's all right there. I use that information to make decisions daily, hourly, and so does my daughter. You can too. See your diabetes in real time. See your blood sugar as it's happening. Make better decisions that lead to better outcomes. Of course, these are our results and yours may vary, but I've got a strong feeling that seeing this information would be a huge benefit for you or anyone using insulin. Again, Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Get started today. Find out more. Everything you'll want to do can happen right there at that link. And I think if you're a U.S. veteran who gets their insurance through the VA, you might be very happy with the cost that you find out when you go to that link. Guys, listen, being able to see your blood sugar on a phone, Android or iPhone, being able to share that with up to 10 followers, a loved one, a parent, a school nurse, anybody who you might want to see it. This is freedom. This is information. This is how you become empowered. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Givoglucagon.com forward slash juicebox and touchedbytype1.org. Links to these sponsors and all of the sponsors are right there in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on the links, you're supporting the show. When you're supporting the show, you're making me warm and happy inside, and you're keeping the show free, plentiful, and right there in your podcast app. Help out if you can. If you've got, listen, what am I really saying? If you have some interest in this stuff, please use my link. If you don't have any interest in it, I mean, I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying, if you do and you can click on the thing, I mean, you get it. Let me get back to Whitney. Here we go. So it it is so devastating as a parent Mm -hmm. to have your son not be able to get the resources he needs in the moment he needs them for something that's not his fault. I mean, it's, it's, he needs help. He it's 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 very hard to explain how overwhelming it was to not be able to get and and I hadn't run into this because I'm you know I'm I'm a bully. <laughs> get what I want. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was thinking you're probably not accustomed to things not going your no, way. No, yeah. I'm not used to things not working out if I put my mind to it. Now right. if I'm being lazy, that that's on me. Sure. Um, but as a parent, I'm not this was the first time I was put in a place where my child need something and I can't fulfill that need. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was for something that, you know, I can't do anything about. And when we were uh, dealing with every organization, it was very clear that they knew that they knew that they had the power and that that was that. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is around the time I actually reached out to you and the community. um, And I want to thank your Facebook community because they were really awesome and jumping in with some ideas and putting me in touch with some other people who would know, we were able to locate another hospital. So that's, I need to be clear about that. This isn't necessarily a long-term residential health facility. It's another hospital that specializes and allows these type of kids in. 
Um, and we got a special waiver, which took our connections with the city, which we just happened to have, and a very persistent, loud mom and dad um, to get him in. So that is where he is now. Um, and this is the only facility in the United States that would take him. Hmm. And uh, I don't want to get your podcast in trouble, so I'm going to lower my anger at this. But a week later, an article came out about previous experiences at this hospital, which made us devastated because now we're the parents who are le- leaving their kid in a facility that has horrible stuff happening in the news and we can't take him out mm-hmm. um because there's nowhere else that will take him right. and it's and i will say this that, that i'm not alone in this because um while he was at the first hospital several other moms came through with kids with type one and it was very interesting because the population of type one in this area is not as high as other areas where uh, i know it's very um um, common, but in Virginia, it's really not to, to have two other girls come through the program that were type one that could sit down and we, we talked and we had conversations about, well, what do we do? Yeah. And the answer was nothing. We have nothing we can do. We can't get our kids the help they need. Yeah. And, and having diabetes shouldn't be the, the reason that anything doesn't happen for you, but exactly. this, this seems more dire and specific it's not going to go away it's not even like it's not even like he broke his finger and i won't help him because he has diabetes so it's just gonna you know heal a little bent you know like this is not going to stop happening it's probably just going to get worse worse much worse and i do think that there this is a problem in the diabetes community because we do see and i I know you've had many kids many people on who've talked about the mental health issues associated with just being diabetic Mm -hmm whether it's a child who grew up with needles and grew up with medical that just needs some help in talking through things. The minute things get serious, the resources aren't available for these kids. And I just, I was floored because it's 2020, you know, I wasn't expecting this type of blanket. And I know I'm using the word discrimination and it usually has different connotations, but in this case, that's exactly what it was. It was discrimination. Yeah. Well, and obviously it's the way it is because you got the same answer over and over Everywhere. again. This is a tried and true defense for these organizations to to use. Uh, oh, diabetes? No, we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And to the point where, where I was trying in my mom way, I filled out the application. I didn't mention it. We just talked about it. We just talked about it. I went back and forth. Become, they're like, oh, other issues. I'm like, mm, type 1 diabetes. Mm. Uh, medication. And I'm like, mm, no blog. And then I like, I put it in hoping nobody would notice. I don't know what I was hoping, yeah, but sound- at this point I'm desperate and say. he's either in my house or in the emergency facility. And I don't know what else to do. And even now, even now he's not necessarily getting the best care he could. He's not getting the best of the best of the best. Um, and he's not getting what he needs, which is more behavior-based therapy because of the diabetes and that's it's still i I can't get past that yeah and there's and to be clear his situation isn't um it's not that you don't want to be involved it's not like going to a therapist twice a week would would straighten this out no no it wouldn't we were doing that (laughs) no i I, yes of course there for for more minor things for not maybe if he was with us since he was born that these would all be different issues but 
these are pretty severe mental health concerns. Um, I just where- wanted to make sure that we were articulating that you're not you're not a person who's like, oh, I adopted a kid and it's not going the way I wanted to. Where do I get rid of him at? No, but that yeah, was my yeah. biggest nightmare. You just articulated my fear that everybody was thinking. Like, right, right. And the problem with was was he wasn't presenting with the problems. So it got to the point where I felt so awful because I look like I'm trying to dump my you know, adopted son off, which is not the case. Right. So I ended up having, and and this is both creepy but necessary, we had to put up some cameras in the house to ensure that no more food sneaking was happening because, whoa, is that kid creative? <laughs> um, like, creative. Like, he snuck halls, like the, the sucky um, throat lozenge. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not, and it wasn't, I'm hungry. It was, that is edible and that is in front of me and I can't not eat it. So, yeah, it was a really bad impulse problem. So he wasn't – oh, wow. Yeah, I, I – Yeah, that was, that was unexpected for me. Right. The cough drop was probably like, huh, I didn't think to lock those up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, edible Tums was another thing I didn't think to lock up. Really? Yeah, I found them in his pocket, and I said, you know, this is medicine. Like, it's for when you're sick. Yeah. I don't understand. And so we talked about it, but it doesn't – make the talking about it didn't make the problem go away Mm -hmm. um so anyway we had the cameras up so i was able to film some of the more serious meltdowns and provide that to the the experts who weren't seeing the meltdowns and they were like oh okay yeah and 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 the aggressive violence which they weren't seeing as well but, but still how does that motivate a private institution no, it doesn't. Oh, it completely doesn't. They yeah, don't care. Right. Um, I mean, their number one priority by. is their own liability, which, you know, we all have to understand and I'm I'm used to it. But if, you know, their fear is he'll have an insulin overdose and it's on them. Yeah. And there's no way for you to not, I guess not that you would want to, but can you sign away your rights to sue or something like that to get the care? I mean, I, I mentioned my husband's an attorney, right? He yeah. would never in a million years do that. But <laughs> it, 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 I, at that point, if it meant getting him in, but no, nobody was having it. There was one institution that actually said, we're not taking him because he's autistic. And I said, oh, okay, good. I have this report from Kennedy Krieger, which is an institute in Baltimore, which is like the best place you could go that says he's not autistic. Yeah. Read it. It's great. And they're like, Oh, uh, it's actually the diabetes. Yeah, never mind. We <laughs> meant diabetes. He can't come here. Or so anything the, else you're going to say. <laughs> yes, 100%. Anything else. Wow. Um, I so feel it, like it, I feel like you're describing an argument I once had with a girlfriend. <laughs> where I was just like, that's 100%. I genuinely feel like I'm making sense. I don't understand how you keep coming up with alternatives to the to the the reality that we're living in. But, but that is what exactly what happened is that no matter what you were going to say, it wasn't. So, so is the place he is now literally the only place you could mm-hmm. find? It really is. Huh? Um, had I not mentioned the other articles, I would say the name of the place, but I will say that uh, a lot of your listeners suggested this place. Um, it's very well known for taking diabetics. Okay. Um, but then again, all the, this article comes out, and now not only me, I'm the mom who, dop, who dumped the adopted kid, I'm the mom who dumped the adopted kid in this place with all these rumors and horribleness. And now I just, yeah, I, now I'm back to square one. Right. So I have all his social workers restarting the same process. Looking for a different place who doesn't have like allegations about stuff. Yes, Yay. that would be great. Um, but does that, that even exist? <laughs> no, apparently not. But I would have. It was interesting because my the our rep with Blue Cross Blue Shield, 
Her name is Bevan and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she said to me, I've, I mean, I sorry that with Medicare, um, she said to me, this has never happened before. We've never not been able to place a kid before. And this is Medicaid. Yeah. Like they place everybody. Right, right. Um, and, <laughs> and it, they just kept running into things like, well, so what's the answer to this? Let's take us out of mm-hmm. your situation for a second and put us in charge of the world. Solution mode? Yeah, yeah. How do you fix, like, how would the world fix this? Is it that the American Diabetes Association steps up and creates CDEs or practitioners who are willing to work in mental health situations and offer them to these institutions as pre-trained employees? Um that they, then the institution just has to pay, but then the liability still falls on the institution. Is there an oh, answer? Oh, I like how here? you're thinking it through on the fly. Thank you. Um, so we, so my husband and I have taken a couple of meetings with uh, government officials who have asked us the same thing. Right. Um, and from my point of view, I'm a development worker. I, I, I don't have the solutions, um, but we have talked about a couple of options. And the first is what I think y'all are doing here and your community is doing education. Mm-hmm. It is not the diabetes of the 1960s. It is the diabetes of 2020. Right. We are not talking about finger sticks necessarily every hour. We are not talking about the diabetes as you know it. And that's been my primary, you know, I'll talk to even the doctors at these facilities and they're like, well, we don't have the ability to do finger sticks every hour. And I'll be like, well, here's a Dexcom. You don't need to. Yeah, also every hour. I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I look. Uh, well, that's a hospital uh, protocol though. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and they would, they would say things like, well, how do we monitor overnight? We, we don't have the capability for that. And I was like, the same way I do, you put an alarm on his phone that goes off and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that us as parents of diet type one diabetics, we creatively come up with, with no medical background, all these experts are not thinking outside of the box, but are also using an antiquated idea of diabetes. Yeah. The problem um, they're trying to solve isn't even the problem in front of them. No, not at all. The yeah. problem they're trying to solve is, I said 1960s, probably 1980s is probably a better uh, right. uh, take on what diabetes is. Like most of these places, when I said the letters CGM, didn't know what I was talking about. No, no, I've I've seen I've seen people who should definitely understand some diabetes stuff that don't that don't know it. Not this is pretty far removed from the people I'm thinking of, even. So it's not a it's not a, a surprise. No, I know it's not uncommon, and it's not even uncommon for people who have diabetes knowledge to not even know all of these things. But for me, this is how I started diabetes. Um, you know, my son came. <laughs> The, the phrase I use is it was the Dexcom was a gift with purchase. Um, he had a Dexcom on when I adopted him. And um, everyone who takes a boy, a boy today gets a free Dexcom, Dexcom free. CGM. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's the but first I, so, one's free, uh, by the way. Yeah. Everyone after that, you need to get some insurance. Um, but actually, he came with a couple extras. But anyway, um, the 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 management side for me was right. always technology based. So I never had to do the other things that in the past other parents had to do. So I'm, I'm looking at only, and I, and we were using the pens as well. So for me, I've never done an injection. I've never done life without a CGM, except for that brief period of time that Dexcom went down and I was freaking out because that was the only time I didn't have readings. Yeah. Well, I would, I would assume that most people coming into their doors are not going to be offering 
continuous glucose monitoring systems and things like that. So I, I, so I can understand their, I can understand their concern. I can even understand them saying, look, we don't have the infrastructure to handle this or the knowledge, Mm -hmm. but how hard would it be to add that infrastructure in the, in the, in terms of a person who would manage it? Maybe Mm -hmm. you need a couple, right? Maybe it's a three person hire and then all of a sudden, you're an institution that can take people with diabetes and do it well, and you become gold standard for that. And I mean, if we're going to think of it in a business situation, there are obviously a lot of kids with mental health issues who have type one diabetes that need help. You could be the you could be the place for that. You could be the it the 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 hip new place, you know. But thinking about it from a business standpoint, I guess there's no shortage of people who need the place. So why not yeah. just weed out the ones who are more difficult to help? Well, and it's not more difficult. It's it's a a liability in terms of death. We're talking about it, you know, they have children who are hard to care for and that's different. But here is a kid that could be insulin overload or could have uh, an incredible high on our watch. How could we do that? So one of the things actually Medicaid was doing was telling these people, we will work with you. We will provide you the funds to be able to manage it. And they just weren't interested. Wow. And well, then you run into that's that's a human failing because we can gather up a thousand people in a thousand different walks of life and explain to them how today we're going to give them something extra to do at work. Would you like to do it? It'll it'll really help somebody. And they're going to go, no, because I'm stretched to my end Mm -hmm. already. Everybody no, Listen, if you're going to work every day and feeling like, huh, this is super easy. I could probably take on more. I just won't tell anybody. You're in the minority if you're thinking that. <laughs> Most people yeah, 100%. Are, yeah. I agree. I, I watched my wife work for 16 hours in a row yesterday, which, by <laughs> the way, the lockdown's been terrible for people who are very busy and have an incredible work ethic because you can't, you know, we used to talk about all the time, like, oh, you, you know, when I work from home, I skip lunch or I do this. My wife gets up, takes a shower, goes, sits down and gets up and goes to bed because <sighs> she's trying to. Well, she's trying to make sure that a COVID vaccine is safe. So she's, so she's really busy. And, um, and, but she can't stop. Like, I'm like, just pick a date, like a time, just say mm-hmm. five o'clock. I'm not going to yeah. work past five o'clock. She's like, okay. And then at seven, I'm like, Hey, it's seven. She's like, I know I'm almost done. And, you know, <laughs> and then at 11 last night, she goes, I just, I got to, I just got to write this email. Got to get this email and, off. And then you know, it'd be all set. I was like, you know, when you die, I told her. I said, um, when you die, <laughs> I said, when you die from this, I'm going to take the insurance money. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to find a tardy lady to come be the kid's mom. Just so you know. <laughs> like, oh, like, my goodness. She's not going to be all worky like you are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> trying that, to save the world. Yeah. You know? Now that we've got your insurance money, I'm going to really lighten up on this trying to fix the planet thing. <laughs> so, but, but no, I mean, but seriously, like, no, it's I get not, what you mean about taking on more. Yeah. But, if these you have to remember the mandate of these places, other than the fact that you have to look at them as business making places, of course, they have to make profit, they have to turn revenue, but they're at inherent in their mission is to help kids in need. Right. And we are looking at and though I know it's it's not common, but my husband ran into one of these facilities that explicitly wrote on the website that we adhere to the American Disabilities Act. We take kids that are blind. We take kids that are in wheelchairs. We take kids that are deaf. 
So then my husband said, well, you're not doing that. This is part of the ADA. And they still said, no, you know, that I do believe the answer was that information is old. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. We don't have an IT guy to fix that. Do you know <laughs> how to get that it. offline? Because I don't know how. <laughs> so um, we no longer, you know, support those people. My bad. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it was just jaw dropping. And behind all of this is the immediacy. Right. And it's the immediacy that every parent feels. And I don't want to share other people's feeling, other people's experiences, but you're looking at kids who have issues. Who are we talking to? Who, uh, husband has hey, made an appearance. That's fine. He's opening a window. Are you jumping? Uh, door. Oh, door. door. No, door. no, no. There's a dog too. Oh, oh, um, oh got, the dog got let out. I understand. Yeah. So there is... Um, kids who have immediate needs. I mean, we are, you know, suicide's one of the major problems. And if you're looking at a kid who's diabetic, who's dealing with all sorts of problems, and hypothetically, if a kid was newly diabetic and not handling all of that well, mm -hmm. there's no immediate way to face and get the help you need as a parent. Um, these type of situations for a parent, you, you lose the reins completely. Yeah. And once your reins are lost and you can't get your kid what you need, oh, I'm going to start crying. That's going to be great for your podcast. I do like it when uh, people cry. Just so <laughs> you know. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm pulling it in, pulling it in. Um, you can't get your kid the help you need, but it's an immediate need. Right. You're really at the discretion of these places. Sure. And the, the other reason I, I did push you to come on now is COVID is another stressor here. Yeah. You're seeing kids who don't have access to their networks who don't have the ability to interact with their friends mm -hmm. and all the mental health facilities in the United States are really at high levels because of the, you know, because of COVID and they also have protocols and there's all sorts of things. So for instance, we can't visit him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think of that. And we can't, can't do the home trials that you normally would do in these cases because of COVID. And so this also reinforces his consideration that you were going to abandon him at some point. Sorry. I'm yeah, gonna, why don't you poke to, all my mom buttons? Yeah, I'll you know? get you to cry if I, if I try. Yeah, <laughs> now you're trying to make me cry. Not, I just no, want to, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And we keep saying that to him because, you know, how do you say this is different than what your biological parents did? I mean, how do I convey to him that I'm here? I'm, I, but what we use is with him, we use this, the, the skill. Mm. I, I had to say, I don't have the skills to do this your biological parents didn't have the skills to do this. I'm not giving up. I'm still here. We do phone calls daily. We do what we can. Right. Um, but we're not going anywhere. We just aren't experts. Yeah. And I can't get you the help you need with you in my house because I'm too, I mean, one of the things we kept saying is we're so exhausted by the tantrums that we can't then try to, build that bond to build the love to have fun i have a question does he know that being around him is difficult <sighs> that's a good question um i think he knows he has problems right he knows his problems are bad but he is very adamant that he's a normal kid so I don't think he realizes that it makes it difficult to all live together. 
the one point I think in our most recent meeting, we were able to drive home to him that he really understood was the effects it was having on his little brother. Okay. Um, that was the first time I think he, like, like, you know, I have a black eye doesn't really mean something to him, but Mm. what I was able to say, your brother is constantly upset. I think he got it a little bit more, but overall there, no, he thinks he's perfect. He thinks he's amazing, which is great. Cause that's a good, you know, ability, uh, self-confidence is a great skill to have later in life, but right now it's not helpful in the admitting you have a problem point of view. So as you're talking, I mean, I'm, I'm sure other people are too. I'm putting together the, you know, the pieces here. We are specifically speaking about the trouble that you had get seeking out mental health help, long-term residential mental health help for someone mm-hmm. who has type one diabetes. But really, this is a this is the same as everything else. It's a healthcare problem. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's exactly what it is. There are countless homeless people who have mental health issues who are homeless because at some point the system says, no, I'm not going to help you. No, I'm not going to help you. Oh, you don't have the right insurance. You don't have enough money. You don't have anything. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. And one day they just give up and go sit on a bench. And that's the end. 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you have a diabetes podcast, so I thought... <laughs> this is a good place out. to talk about it. And, good and- place. Um, but I will say this, like, all these parents are just... The desperation is is so saddening that, that we all just want what's best for our kids. And not being able to get what's best for my kid was infuriating. I will, I will step back and say in terms of the mental health, once we got him Medicaid, which was its own process, um, the, our, and, and Taylor at Blue Cross Blue Shield, she was amazing. And our Medicaid representative, these people really did help and they did what they could. And they were awesome and amazing following up. They still do. I, I, I think I'm closer to these people than my friends right now, <laughs> given COVID-19. You have oh, shadowed I... Taylor out a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or it'll be like, hey, uh, hey, wait, Taylor's on the phone. Oh, tell her hi. What's up? You know, right, these right. are just our, our peeps. Mm. And um, everybody was trying. And it, just to see this blanket problem that they all felt. And I just didn't know what to do. Like, mm. there was no solution. Um, we, other than eventually getting this variance. So, cause he was too young. That was why he originally wasn't in the long-term care at the original hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 12 and they had a minimum of 13 on their license, but we were able to work with, uh, let's just say we, we tapped into our resources with our state Senator and with our mayor, uh, Justin Wilson, major shout out. Um, just and they were able to move that, huh? no, move that number to 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It it was the fact that they were able to get this variance. They were able to do it fast once we identified that that was the problem. But just figuring that out, like nobody would have said that to us blatantly. So here's the thing we're we're skipping over too, is that you and your husband are a little connected. You're (laughs) thoughtful and able to pick through multi-leveled problems where someone's shooting at you at every level. Yes. And that a lot of people, no disrespect to a lot of people, but a lot of people- but they just, couldn't do that. They just take the no. And then this turns into a violent situation in the home where eventually someone just doesn't want their genitals defamed one last time and you catch them in the wrong situation and some kid ends up flying across the room into a wall and then 100%. you have a different problem. So. Well, and then not to- 
Oh, I don't care if I defame them a little bit. Um, but what you're describing, the type of individual you're describing was the biological parents of my son. My son. The system was too much for them to they, they figure out. They couldn't figure it out. They yeah. couldn't do it. And it was too much. And they, they, they couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Now, they didn't articulate necessarily the level of the problem. Right. Um, but they, there was clearly a lack of ability to handle it. Yeah, no. And that's, listen, that's reasonable. I don't know. 100%. I don't know a lot of people who would be able to handle what you're describing, but I'm just saying that like hammering through the bureaucracy of it, your job kind of lends to understanding how to do that. And, and that, and that everybody has, so we have this little thing at school right now where one of Arden's teachers is just um, not performing particularly well virtually. And it's not just, skills. and it's not just Arden. It's the entirety of the class that's that's having the same problem. And you know, you make the school aware, and then the school's first foray is always to go. Well, the children have to try harder. It's always like that. It's like, well, let me throw, let me let me volley the ball back to you. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, they are doing that. Here's how that's happening. This isn't happening. Here's some other observations. Volley back again. Mm-hmm. Then they go, oh, okay, well, you're going to make a stronger point and fight back a little bit, I see. And then the ball comes back to you again. You have to have the nerve and the understanding to keep hitting the ball back to them until mm-hmm. they have to catch it and go, all right, you're right. This isn't, this isn't going the way it should. We'll take care of it. And even once they said they'll take care of it, there was a caveat at the end of the email that just was like, but you know, we think the kids and the teacher are struggling. Well, funny, because five emails ago, you didn't think anybody was struggling except the kids. And now you're down to, okay, we see the teacher struggling. So my point is, is that people, institutions, doesn't matter, defend their position. They defend, 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 defend. And if you don't have the wherewithal and the and the the desire and the nerve and the knowledge of how to fight back, it ends there. They go, hey, stay out. And you go, okay. And then that's the end of it. It, it takes a special actually, person to fight back. And that was where I was really frustrated. And now I apologize. I know you have a lot of associations, but this is where I got very upset with the ADA and the JDRF. Oh, you can be mad we, at them if you want to. Go ahead. Oh, I'm totally <laughs> going to be. Because we reached out and we said just that. Like right. we have we need someone to be at our side, to be behind us, to be holding our hands through this process and saying, no, this kid deserves and has rights. And we reached out to everybody and and it, it's just not necessarily within their purview. Right. Um, and that's, you know, it's very specific, but but I was under the impression fighting for diabetics rights was in their purview, especially when it comes under the American Disabilities Act. And having that no just was exhausting. And then just to add to what you were saying, I had to take a month off of work. Um, so, so we are all working, working virtually. Um, my husband's working for the state department and me for USAID. And I was in the process of learning Spanish for my job. Um, Cause we're supposed to move overseas at some point. Right. And I had to stop because it had to be my full-time job trying to get him Medicaid, trying to work with insurance, trying to find a place. It was my full-time job. And who can afford that? Most people know. Well, and yeah. I will say that USAID and, and the government was really amazing because when COVID hit, I well, and I was home. Right. My son was home. And uh, he 
sucks the energy. Um, so while I'm trying to do that, while we're trying to do this, it, it was just, it was overwhelming. I have no idea. And, and my husband and I have said that on more than one occasion when we're speaking to attorneys, when we're speaking right. to uh, government officials, how someone who isn't us could do this, we don't know. Well, the, the answer is they can't. And that's part of the plan. that's what they hope that's what that's part it's it's like when you call your insurance company like hey i think you're supposed to cover this and they go no denied (laughs) and their hope is their hope is that you'll just go all right well i'll i guess i'll put myself on a payment plan and i'll figure this out or you know like they're hoping you'll give up the whole a lot of the world is based on the hope that everyone will give up (laughs) i don't know if anyone's paying attention or not but uh, you know it's kind of how things are set up and it, it just isn't like even reaching to ADA or JDRF, I can even see them saying, mm-hmm. we don't do this. Mm-hmm. But what I don't understand is them not saying, hold on, I bet you we could figure out someone who could help. Like, so there's there's got to be a moment where someone along the line says, I'll go above and beyond here and get this straight for you. That is really what you need. You need someone to go look this because it is a very uncommon thing. You know, it's not like there's there's not like there's an office somewhere with a mental health professional who also knows how to handle type one diabetes who's just sitting there waiting for you to come in. You, you, you know what I mean? And it just hasn't happened yet. Right. So it really is okay. It's an uncommon situation. Most people aren't ready for it. But why doesn't someone step back and say? Let's see if we can figure this out instead of no. And and is that is that a per, is that most people are not they're they're put into a job and the job has requirements and they don't really know outside of those requirements. Is it not wanting to help? Is it I, I don't, and I don't think most people don't want to help. I think they no. think they don't have the I ability. don't know what to do here. I don't have the ability to help you, so we don't do this. Hoping you'll go to the next person who does, except the next person does the same thing. And on and on and so, on. I think it's two things. And this is where my background as a development worker comes out. They don't have the passion or the agency. So they don't feel they can and they don't have the hopes and dreams to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a parent different than a you know, regular worker in the sense that they feel empowered to do so. They feel like they have to do it, but they they know they can. So that agency is a really important right. thing. Now, I will say one of the things that we were able to do is because we jumped around to so many places, we did find the Disability Law Center of Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, and they started working with us on the next steps from here um, and what we can do in the future to fight for this in continuation. This is also the reason why I haven't said any of the names of the facilities and I've avoided saying my child's name is because we are going to try to make a difference here. Um, It matters to us and we want to have a future um, for other kids because it's important to us. I mean, as I said, I work for a development agency. I want other people to have this pathway. And I stood in the parking lot with a mother with a a daughter with type one, just crying because of the options available to her. And my kid needs help, but there are lots of other kids who need help. Right. And so you're really here just to shed light on this, hoping somebody's going to well, hear it. And... I'm here for a couple of reasons. Uh, I'm here because I I want other parents who are going through this to know that they have advocates. There are people who are out there fighting. Um, but I'm, as you mentioned, we need ideas. There needs to be more. I don't know. I, I, I don't have the solutions. If it was an economic growth in South Sudan, maybe I'd be able to help. <laughs> but I, I don't have the ideas. Right. Um so it's 
Well, someone on the inside has to want to, yeah, to to say this is this is the pathway to fixing this, and, and there has to be enough. So yeah. that's the other problem. The like they, they believe we enough people who have this problem, like an, an understanding that they're that I am not the only parent going through this, which yeah. I know, but I, I am positive that. There are other, just given the nature of what diabetes is, mm-hmm. it, it, it does a number on your mental psyche. Right. And if you have loving, caring family to support you, then you do great. But if you don't, then you, you end up like my son does. And it's just detrimental. Yeah, no kidding. Is his, so do you think that there is help for him that will move him past this place to a better life? Or do you think this is manage, lifelong management? Um, another good question. I think he, if he is able to tap into understanding what is wrong with him and being able to manage it when it does manifest, then he has a great future ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But if he's not given the skills from experts to get out of it, he's not going to be able to hold it on a job. Right. Because there is going to be somebody who says, you can't do that today. He's not going to be able to move up in education. Like we have problems with homework. We have problems with studying. These are all concepts that he's not interested in doing. So he's going to float through the system. Um, And we're not sure if, so right now his education level is probably closer to that of third grade than sixth grade um, because he's been able to just kind of float without doing the work. Yeah. And I mean, I don't see a world if he doesn't get the help where he could have a boss, even if it's just like somebody who says you have to be here at that time. I don't see it not ending up with screaming expletives. My son screaming expletives at said boss. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'm writing down. I know when I say it, I I caught you were writing it. So I can take it down. Um, Huh. Well, this is terrible. But in, in in reality, it's a larger problem. Let's let's take a bigger step back from me. Yeah, let's so that I don't have a stroke on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so if we take a bigger step back, we could we're we're looking at a systemic misunderstanding of diabetes. Right. And and podcasts like yours really do help, but we're we're helping ourselves. People who are not diabetic don't, and I don't know your demographics, but I assume don't necessarily tune in if they don't have a family or a loved one. But it's getting past this old view of diabetes to a general understanding, because I will be honest, we also looked at boarding facilities before we landed on we needed long-term mental health. We were looking at schools, Mm -hmm. just schools. And we hit about 30 who said no because of the diabetes as well. So this is not a necessarily just a long-term residential health facility problem. This is a systemic issue of how do we allow these kids to live away from their parents? Now, there, I, I reached out prior to his um, I, I, me deciding he needed long-term mental health. And I, I, I put into a couple of Facebook groups, does anybody have kids in boarding school with type one? Because I need to look to some options because the home life is a problem. Let me tell you how many parents jumped down my throat. Whew. Oh, for, that was a fun response bag. <laughs> for asking about boarding school? Yes. Oh. oh, my God. How could you not have your kid next to you? Da, 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 da. Uh, some I'm people like, go okay, to boarding you... school. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, 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 lots of kids do. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, I, I mean, I get it. It's a lot of parents can't imagine that. But what if 
you wanted to have that as an option for your kid right. or military school. Well, yeah. And not only that, but as prevalence grows around diabetes in general, the system can't. And by the way, the system, like at this point, I'm talking about the matrix, like the world, can't. you know, <laughs> the, what I mean? the green letters, coming yeah, yeah, down yeah. the world them. can't keep ignoring people with diabetes because the numbers grow. You yeah. can't just keep saying, oh, no, 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 because at some point it will turn into a financial situation. At one point, the boarding school is going to say, hey, we can't fill this place. And we just told 20 kids with diabetes. No. So mm-hmm. it, and so is it really when it becomes a financial imperative for them, then they'll figure out how to handle it? Is that not Maybe, how everything works? Maybe, but I works? don't know if they've been presented. Well, because of the mentality I was just talking about where parents are not, not necessarily prone to like sending their kids out of the house with diabetes. I don't yeah. know if they've been presented it very much, but right. you're right. And they all think that w- I don't know what I'm talking. Like, I love how every one of these facilities started. Do you know that there's a type one and a type two? And, then, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, tell me more. Thank you. Well, I didn't realize what we were doing. <laughs> So there's more uh, than one you're saying. Hold on, let me get a pen. Hold on, let me get a pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to miss what you're saying here. And you, uh, have, we'd have to count carbohydrate. What? You no. have to count carbohydrate? Oh my god, there's carbs in it. Almost everything. Everything. <laughs> well, um, yeah. You- so just a fun example of my son. He convinced a bunch of kids that crackers didn't have carbohydrates, and they could sneak them for him, and he'd eat them. Oh. So he convinced an entire class of kids that crackers don't have carbohydrates. It isn't hard to confuse people about what carbs oh, are. Oh, I so know. I bet you it's easier I to get know. over a 12-year-old. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this systemic problem, this larger problem that is a knowledge-based problem, a larger understanding of what diabetes is, how people manage it, how people live with it. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't have the, the solutions. I don't have legislation ideas and all these things that might improve the situation in the future. Yeah. I just know there's a need now. There's a gap in in what parents can do and what parents have access to in terms of services, whether it's a school, a behavior adjustment school, or a long-term residential health facility. The kids aren't getting what they need. Mm-hmm. And I've got my kid in a place. I don't love the place, but I've got my kid in the place and I can breathe a little bit easier but we met so many people along the way that are doing what we're doing. And we just, I, anybody out there who can, who has ideas, who knows somebody or who has experience, you know, let's, let's talk, come over for conversations. <laughs> well, it does feel like you're going to have to put together a consortium of people who this impacts. Their, in my spare time, right? Yeah. In your, yeah. While you're, you know. You know, just, you know, like those, solving the world's development those, problems, those moments where you're just like, oh, I wish I had something to do. Uh, uh, but um, <laughs> it, but yeah, I mean, it seems like, like taking you out of it is you need a consortium of people who have the same problem to lobby the right person to make it. A, I mean, the awareness you'd have to build first to get support would probably take years, mm-hmm. you know, and and you I don't I, I think you need. A, a, an already established organization to want to pick this mantle up mm-hmm. because starting from scratch would just be, I mean, you'd be, you know, you'd be retired at your, you know, when you're finally yep. in the congressman's office, taking the picture going, we fixed this. And you'd be like, <laughs> now I want to go away. Cause I've, I've lived my life already. Like it, you need an established organization like ADA to pick this up, go to their contacts on the government side and say, Look, we don't know what the numbers are here for people who are impacted by this, but 
these these organizations, if they want federal funding, have got to make provisions for handling people's type one diabetes. To me, that's the most as indirect as that sounds. That's the most direct way to fix it. And that's literally what we pose to different organizations to do um, that sort of advocacy. And we'll continue to do so. And, um, you know, we are still taking meetings. We are, as I mentioned before, we are starting our legis- our uh, um, the c- kind of going after some of these organizations um, with some attorneys. But ultimately, it's time sensitive. So when a parent is in this, Oh yeah. What I just said isn't going to help anybody in the moment. Nope. No, Nobody no, no. now. No. Um, but I mean, and you also, I'm assuming have some reasonable finances to support all this too. And I'm not saying like, I'm looking at you. I'm not saying you look wealthy. I'm just saying it looks like, you. Have, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm saying, I, I think, I don't think you're struggling to pay for a sandwich is what I'm getting um, at. And, 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 so, but what uh, my bigger point is, is what about everyone else who's, who's just paycheck to paycheck or worse, uh, you know, where are they, how are they so, doing this? So the financial side was actually not easy for us. Oh, um, okay. As I mentioned, we both work for the government. <laughs> I don't they know don't, how that works. They, they don't, don't pay, pay you all that well. <laughs> um, but well, what a waste of being a lawyer. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, he's doing good work. He's he's we're diplomats. We're doing our thing. Right, yeah, I know what a waste world. of being. No, no, a lawyer. I, I understand. But but what I'm saying is the fact that that we did fight the fight to get him Medicaid, mm-hmm. which was a separate fight, which was a separate thing. But once he got Medicaid, a lot of that was able mm-hmm. to be paid for. But the school end isn't. So we're still responsible for the school end. Um, we're working with the city on that. Like the steps in this have been mind numbing. Yeah. Like, so yes, we worked with the city to get a grant for some of his schooling. That process was hard. We had to work with Medicaid. Um, in Virginia, there's a rule that if you're in a mental health facility for 30 days or more, um, but the clock restarts the moment you step into your house. So it's a whole thing. And getting Medicaid for that was a problem. Also, they usually don't do that for kids. So we had to fight for that. Um, wow, you have to be lauded for, for keeping <laughs> up. With. Seriously, it's, uh, it's a lot. I hear people are like, oh, I had to call my insurance company three times to get my pumps. You know, and, and they're like, they're at wit's end already. And I'm doing that too. Yeah, I would imagine that's also <laughs> something you're accomplishing. Is he getting any education right now where he is? Or yeah, this is- so this facility does. The previous one didn't. Um, this one does. It's not like it's not stellar. like It's not like being at Harvard or anything like that, but no, I understand what you're saying. But, it's, yeah. but it, I mean, it's not it. even at the level of a regular public school, but it is schooling and we respect and appreciate what they are doing for him. Good. But the side that we need is, okay, but you got to push him. He's got to be... Um, he, he really he needs to be pushed because if he's not pushed, he's not going to melt down. If he doesn't melt down, then he's not going to get the help he needs. So mm. I don't know if this type of curriculum will give him that kind of push. But like they need to see him in his uh, in all of his glory. So they know his how to glory in yeah. the glorious curse words and the glorious flailing of the arms. Yes. Mm, wow. um, that's actually a major concern for us. So we did yeah. have a call from the place. They're like, he's really well behaved. Hey, let me send you some videos. I got this. Yeah, I got yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the video probably helped them. Oh, yeah. But it helps them understand. Yeah. And um, but they do see other things. He ruminates on other things. He does have other things that that come out like he's obsessed with the weather, which is great. But there's only so many times you can be told the temperature outside <laughs> before wanting to pull your hair out. <laughs> it's like I can just walk outside. Stop. He's obsessed. So he tells you he'll continue to tell you 
what the temperature is? The temperature for the next 25 days. Oh. And then the temperature at grandma's house for the next 25 days. And then the temperature at Nana's house for the next 25 oh, days. Which like, is like imagine if Siri told you things you don't care about. A, on yeah, a yeah, constant yeah. loop. Yeah. yeah. But wow. I mean, once again, this is an interest we love. And we we we, yeah. we, we tried to bolster it. We took him to a me- meteorologist in um, Key West. And we got to launch a weather balloon. Like we're trying to cater to his hobbies. But at the end of the day... It's also a rumination problem. So. Right, right. I would imagine if he also wasn't cursing at me during that, it might just be a delightful <laughs> little thing that he does. He's like, yeah, oh, he brings me the win. weather constantly. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't call me a, a filthy whore while he was doing it, though. Like, yeah, like, I see what you... Hey, I don't, think, I don't think filthy would have gone there. I think it would be something a lot worse. Okay. <laughs> the, the curse words go together. Well, I was cleaning it up. Like, my guesses are not nearly as clean as what I've said out loud, just so you know. I mean, no, yeah. yeah. It's 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 very creative. But the, oh. the bigger problem were the other things he was saying, like, you're killing me. You're starving me to death because he mm. hasn't eaten in four hours. Right. I, I did try to explain what starving meant, but that didn't. Go over. <laughs> He's not looking for that interpretation from no, you. No, the uh, truth, nah. No, no, no. But at the end of the day, it's just getting awareness about what the reality is of diabetes, what it's like to have a type one. I mean, let's be honest. Is I did it again. My son right. is. You're sorry. It's a lot okay. of bleeps, people. Okay. Um, is fully a cyborg. He has the Omnipod. He has the CGM. He has everything easy. Mm-hmm. nobody has to really do anything for him except for punch some numbers in the receiver. Management things, yeah. But that explaining how easy it was, I didn't even get to that point with these organizations. So it was mind numbing. Well, listen, I've spoken to people who's who they or their children have diabetes for years and it's hard to make them understand it. So no, I, yeah, no, I completely I, get I that. I don't know how I would even go about, and it would take a special person to, in a short amount of time, make it seem doable. Yeah, and, and easy. That's the problem, is making it sound really easy. Yeah. You're also not expecting them to keep his blood sugar at 85 all day, right? You're no, not, no, I, yeah. please, if we can be under 200, my life is good. You'd be thrilled, yeah. All right, is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to get out? Is there anything else you want to force me to do? Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I come off really bad in this. I mean, I know my no, son doesn't sound great. No, I did, no, no, no. I did want to thank you, though, because one of the resources I was able to do, and because you did put the podcast, though, this is where naming your podcasts would be a little bit more helpful. When there was an issue at home, having an external person mm-hmm. or podcast explain something like water oh jenny's explanation of water helped me so much when he wasn't drinking and i couldn't get his sugars down and yeah. i just popped on her podcast and i said listen, listen someone else is gonna tell Let you this about lady water explain it to you oh jenny will like to hear that also you'll be happy to know that uh a, a small band of dedicated listeners have uh come together they have created a uh, spreadsheet of topics and ideas and thoughts and words and keywords, they're going to go back and re-listen to the entire show and put together a better synopsis for the show. <laughs> and I just want you and all to how understand. How much do you hate that? <laughs> no, I'm happy. It's fine. Uh, it, it's um, it, Everyone needs to understand th- that at this point, I don't think I've ever said this out loud on the recording, but this show is in the top 8% of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So oh, just pat yourself on the back. No, 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 no. And and 
most of those other shows have producers and editors and bookers, and I have me. So I I book it, I record it, I edit it, I put it up, I support it on social media, and I don't have the wherewithal to write a dedicated synopsis. Because the other thing is, is that I am in like our conversation right now, I feel like my job is to listen to you, ask questions that need to be asked, that are in the minds of the people listening and that you need to have asked. And I'm lost in this conversation. Like mm-hmm. if, if we stopped recording right now and you asked me what we talked about, I may not know. Hmm. And so then when I go back again as the editor, I'm not listening for content still. I'm yeah, listening. Then you're just editing. I'm listening for noises. You know, did someone say their name when they said they didn't want it said? Um, you know, <laughs> did someone curse? You know, like, like, and so now I listen through it for that. Now try to imagine at this point, I've got the time back and forth with you in email, my understanding of what we're going to talk about, this recording time, the editing time, then the processing time, the posting time, the same, when, like, like when, like, cause I got to do the next one. And, no, I, and, I understand. And so, and I'm not, I, I'm just, because we're talking about Fetching. it. You're just fetching. Right. It's okay. I'm gonna, we I'm all gonna, need to do it sometime. I'm going to go back two weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've recorded twelve times in the last two weeks. But that's impressive, and it shows you that that you have a you know you're trying to address all the issues. But let me tell you, sir, there are uh-huh. these things that in the government we've learned about that they may be time. They're called interns. Yeah, I don't like other people being involved in my thing. <laughs> now, that's a you problem, then. No, that's a thing so, you need to let go of. So I know it sounds like that, but and but do you like the podcast? Oh, I do. I, I yes, of course. Is I it good? I am. I will say this: that I everybody I meet that we talk about diabetes. I, this first one of the first things I say. I I explain that you know you get a lot of information. So as someone who was handed, for all intents and purposes a type one, a T1D and said, here, take care of this starting now. Um, I got some information. We got a 30 minute training. Mm -hmm. That's what we got from his endo. And um, I told you, my husband and I read all the books and no, 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 but that doesn't give you any real life. So working and listening through all your tips and especially the stuff on Basil really. And, but we did have all the fights that you described between the mom and the dad. He's not a doctor. He's a podcast guy. Yeah. We had all that too. Um, but oh, I, ultimately, would, I would have that fight too, by the way. Yes, I, yes, I listen me. to other podcasts and I'm constantly thinking, should I really be listening to this idiot? So, but, but my, my point is, is that it helps. It, it, it's a good podcast and it's to some point, it's my aesthetic. I don't even know how to put that exactly, but if I start bringing other people into it, it's not going to be what that. it is now. And then it might not work. And I can't take that risk because if I'm being 100% honest with you, I don't really know why it works now. <laughs> well, actually, it's because you you speak the reality. And that's probably why I was like, this is how I need to do this. This is how I need to talk about it. Because you you break it down into real terms. And you're not just kind of saying what everybody wants to hear. You're breaking it down into reality. Though, you know, social media, you know, there's several 14-year-olds out there who might be able to do it better. I honestly, I have to be honest with you, the social media part of it, I almost don't care about. That's not <laughs> how, it's not how podcasts grow. They grow, so here, if you want better uh, 
a synopsis for the podcast. <laughs> Everyone listening, subscribe in your player. Listen to the episodes. When you need a pump or a CGM or something like that, use the advertiser links and then tell <laughs> two other people about the show. We could grow the show to a point where I could afford to get somebody to edit it. We're just not there yet. No, like I, I yeah, I can't like give away my car payment for this. <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> hey Scott, what happened? Yeah, we have an editor now. Everything's so much easier. I walk everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. I am. I'm happy as is. I'm I, not I know that you you started by saying I bullied my way on. No, let me be clear but about I would that. Say, no, it's okay. It's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's just that the issue it has such immediacy to me because of well, and I will say because of COVID, this is a huge problem with these facilities. But to a parent whose kid is not in the best place, there's immediacy. No, I, I wanted to listen. Let me be. I don't stop being funny for a second or trying to be funny. I just every time I say something like that, I th imagine someone listening going, oh, you're trying to be funny. It's not working. <laughs> but you are passionate. You're in a dire situation. You were really well spoken and well educated about what you want to talk about. I absolutely wanted to have you on. But you contacted me in a part of like right now when people contact me right now, they're getting dates in March and April of 2021 mm -hmm. to record in because I'm done. Like I just, I just overpacked my October so that I could have Christmas for myself personally. Mm -hmm. And so that by the way, I can do a lot of background stuff for the podcast that you don't expect. Like, like the, like the episode synopsis project, which 16 <laughs> lovely people who are listening to the show are working on really hard right now. And I'm in the middle of putting transcripts in every episode on my side. And that's, like, that's a lot of work. So on days when I have to dedicate myself to that, I can't be recording or putting up shows. Like, there's a show that's going to go up in three hours that I put together a week ago, and that's uncommon for me. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, I finish an edit, and the show goes out within, like, 36 hours. Um, so that's even me trying to be, you know, more on top of things. But I also have kids and a family, and my whole family's yeah, living in there. Listen. I can't take this. No, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? Can you <laughs> imagine? The if the, pod away, if the podcast just ends because Whitney <laughs> came on. No, no, I'm, I'm, it, no, but seriously, like, I really wanted to do what you're doing, which is how I figured out how to get you here mm -hmm. because I wanted to do it and I did think you were going to do a great job and I do think you did. So, oh, thanks. Um, but, you know, this is one of those places where if those 16 people have an opportunity to do, you know, another project, this is where writing your congressman and telling them about the discrimination in the diabetic community could really help. Well, I'll say this. If you put together a um, a thoughtful blog post about it mm. with a, a form letter, I'd put it yeah. on my blog for you. Okay, so. that's that that you're giving me a project. Okay, uh <laughs> this is what I've learned. You told me to get an intern, you're my intern now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 14. Um, but the yeah, not 14, no. <laughs> but no, you're right, it is something we're looking into. And um, but we don't know who else is out there, and we don't know who else is interested in this. I mean, we are still reaching out. Um, one of the things that was interesting this week, uh, given the state of the world affairs, is Mark Warner put a, um, a senator in Virginia put out an advertisement where he started by saying my daughter's a type one diabetic and i was like let's send him an email yeah he's and he's a good part to, way to start then yeah so like it was that's what we've been doing and we're advocating we're advocating while at the same time trying to get our son the help he needs and so you're in the facebook group i know that because we yes. talked about it already why don't when your episode goes up 
which I'll put it up soon. All right. In, and, and, and next November. No, right? no, 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 no. Although I have to tell you, it would be June if you were on the regular <laughs> schedule. But, but I'll put it up soon and I'll make a post in the private Facebook group about this episode. And if anyone listening wants to find out, Whitney, yeah. you should go there to that, that post to try to find her. Does that make sense? Yep. Right. Works for me. And you could also, I mean, I think there are back posts where I um, posted about the issue as well. Just search for my name. Um, and yeah, I'm, I very, I participate in the group and I'm clearly vocal. So if you need someone to represent you, uh, my husband and I use our words wisely. Um, and we've learned how to curse in such an amazing way that that's a secondary skill. If you guys want to get together privately and call each other. <laughs> the C word, you absolutely can. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's a huge one. Oh, he was good with that one. Oh, that one's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that <laughs> Once one... again, I don't think he knows what it means. Right. I, I'm ninety percent sure he does, and I'm not going to teach him it. <laughs> can but... you imagine if you were like, "Hey, just I'm going to write all these curse words down. You explain them all to me, and you're well, and he doesn't. At some yeah. point, you want him to know how to use them correctly. Yeah, you don't want to throw them around wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean the the little one. You know, when he accidentally says one, when he drops something i'm just happy if it's right but no um we did have to explain a couple to get them out of their vernacular but otherwise <laughs> all right well my wife says that when i um i just got a text that said when i threw away all of our old spices i threw away her nutmeg and she needs it right now and she's very upset so apparently i have That's to go to the store awesome because yes. i literally have to go buy nutmeg too what are, are we serious? both making right. i don't know but literally i just sold my told my husband I, pumpkin spice is not nutmeg we That's just hilarious. had this whole conversation i can't believe that that <laughs> in any way connected with you but uh all right but yeah yeah so all let's right, well, both go get nutmeg right. and call it this pumpkin spice season cool all right well listen uh if you love the cello, uh, Alyssa Weilerstein's on the show this afternoon. Don't miss it. Ooh, really, I'll, I'll definitely tune in. Really good. Hey, well, how about a huge thanks to Whitney for coming on the show and sharing all that's going on in her family's life. Really, um, really kind of eye-opening and thought-provoking. There's going to be a post in the private Facebook group for the podcast about this episode. And if you want to connect... That's where you can do it. That's uh, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group, so you have to answer a couple of questions to get in. But then after you're in, you're in, and that's that. Let me thank some people. Thank you, Dexcom, makers of the G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Thank you, Touched by Type 1. And a huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juicebox. Thanks so much for listening, for supporting the show by sharing it with others and all the great things that you guys do to get behind the Juicebox podcast. I'll be back soon with another episode.